Anyway, uh, what do, what can you expect from kissing a man? Um, <laughs> I think I think let's start with don't expect much. <laughs> Good morning and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest, the podcast. I hope you have had a really beautiful week. My name is Amanda. And my name is Kara. And thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully on your Friday morning. Mm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully anytime <laughs> you choose to listen to this, but Friday morning just makes it that little extra bit special. I mm. think. Yeah. yeah. Also, like I find that... There's nothing better than like going for a walk in the morning and listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. It's my personal preference. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you have all had a wonderful week. And I feel like we need to kick it off, Kara, with what do you have to be honest about this week? Okay, so what I have to be honest about is the fact that I have really been enjoying cooking lately. Love to hear it. And if I'm completely honest, like like dead honest it i'm actually not sure if i haven't already mentioned this on the podcast <laughs> but um yeah like i've been making more of an effort to cook meals like i've been making more of an effort to plan my meals to mm-hmm. make sure that they're going to be like you know healthy but also like really like something that i enjoy eating but also like balanced, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I've never even considered that really when I've been cooking. <laughs> anyway, so I've really been enjoying doing that. And that's like quite refreshing for me because like I've just never been someone who like super enjoys cooking. Like mm. I find that I get quite impatient or I just like feel like I don't do a good job and then I don't enjoy eating what I've made. Mm-hmm. But it's been good. Love that. Yeah. I'm really stoked for you. Yeah, and I was thinking that in our um, Facebook group, so Mm -hmm. if you guys don't know, we have a Facebook group for our listeners. So it's called, to be honest, the community. Mm -hmm. The link is in our show notes. And if you want to join, we're going to be posting a question after every episode each Mm -hmm. week. I think this week I want to know what everyone's favorite meal to cook for themselves is. Mm. And maybe it could give me some good ideas. Oh, I think it would give you so many good ideas. (laughs) I love hearing about what other people like, what their like go-to meal is because it's always Mm. so different. Like obviously we have listeners all across the world and it's like so interesting to hear what other people cook. Last week we asked in the Facebook group um, what everyone's favorite uh, team sport kind of thing is Mm. because we're talking about how we both do netball. Mm Mm-hmm. And we had someone, I think from Europe, be like, oh, I don't know what Nepal is. Is it like volleyball? And I thought that was so interesting. Because uh-huh. like, I can't fathom not knowing what Nepal is. Nepal's so huge in Australia. Yeah, like, like, I mean, I guess in some places like volleyball would be bigger. But like Nepal is like one of the biggest sports, especially with like young females. Oh, yeah, totally. I, I would say it's probably the most popular sport. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Anyway, what do you have to be honest about this week? Well, I have to be honest about the fact I've been really, really enjoying my kickboxing training that mm. I've been doing. And I've shared a little bit about this on Instagram. It's quite new to me. Like it was a new thing for me to sort of dive into. But I've honestly found like the best trainer and I'm really, really enjoying it so much. I came home from my session yesterday and I was just like telling Kara all about <laughs> it and I was having that moment like like, oh, this is something that's like 
becoming a highlight of my week, which is pretty cool. I really like it because I feel like it's challenging, like it's physically and mentally challenging for me because it is so new to me. Like My body is aching so much today and I'm just kind of like fully, fully embracing it and just loving it so much. And something that I feel like is really positive that's come out of it for me is like, it's like a healthy expression of anger, yeah. which like I'm like, I can remember like a few years ago, my friend said to me once, he was like, I was like crying to him about something. And mm. I said to him, like, I'm so angry. He was like, you don't look angry. You just look sad. Like, <laughs> do you ever like express your anger? And I was like, no, I like, I'm not an angry person. But it's like, obviously everyone experiences anger. Yeah, at you don't some have point. to be an angry person to experience and express anger. Yeah, totally. And so for me, this has been like such a positive thing because like, even though there's obviously physical benefits and like my body is improving strength and stuff like that through doing kickboxing training, it's also really cool because it's like, I mentally feel so much clearer when I leave, like, because mm. I have like that time where I'm like completely switching off. And as well as that, I feel like I am expressing anger and it feels mm. really, really good to do so. Yeah, like I feel like it's really powerful. Obviously, people can do this in a lot of different ways, but like, especially if you're not like a quote unquote like angry person or someone who even expresses anger very often, which mm. I feel like, I mean, you do to me, but like, I feel <laughs> like maybe not to a lot of other people in your life. No. And by the way, not in terms of like, she doesn't experience, she doesn't express her anger about me to me. <laughs> that could have come across really badly. No, it's like, it's like yesterday when uh, my online shopping, my online grocery shopping, I picked up and they gave me something incorrect and I wasn't really angry. Mm. And I was just ranting. That kind of anger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like frustration. Frustration. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. <laughs> but I, th- I feel like it's really, I feel like like anger or frustration is like it has quite like a negative connotation behind it in terms of like it's well it's obviously not like a nice emotion to feel mm. and it's I think it's got a lot of like bad I guess I guess like ideas behind it because mm. like you know you think of people who get really angry and like really violent but I think it's super healthy to have a good outlet for that because like you said everyone gets angry yeah everyone gets frustrated Mm. that's great i love that for you thanks so much honey should we get into this week's episode yeah absolutely we cara and i have recently been having podcast meeting dates where we like (laughs) sit down and think about some episodes and we thought it would be really fun to do like a big sister advice q a episode Mm -hmm. and it was actually really wholesome because when we posted this on instagram you can follow us on instagram at tbh.pod by the way we got so many responses being like, you guys are like big sisters. Aww. And I was like, oh my God, so awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. So yeah, for this episode, we're just going to be answering some questions. Uh, I guess questions that you would ask a big sister if you had one or felt comfortable asking them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. We've got a lot of good questions. Yeah. Do you want to take it away, hun? Sure thing. Actually, this is a question that 13-year-old me would have had. So (laughs) (laughs) please hit me with your advice. How do I navigate a crush on someone who doesn't even know me? Okay. This one's very interesting to me Mm -hmm. because I'm kind of like, is this person young and just like kind of like not interacting with this person they've got a crush on that's the kind of vibe i'm getting like Mm -hmm. maybe when you're like young i mean obviously it can happen at any age but but you know maybe when you are just like constantly seeing someone around Mm. maybe at school Mm. maybe even at work yeah or like at your local coffee shop yeah true Mm -hmm. yeah so how to navigate it that's 
this this is a hard one i will admit that this is hard because i feel like it there's not there's like kind of like that i feel like everyone's experienced that feeling where you're interested in someone or you think someone's really attractive or cute or like whatever but you just simply don't know how to interact with them Mm -hmm. and like break that barrier Mm -hmm. look i totally feel that because it's like how do you like approach someone knowing that you're attracted to them and just like i really admire people like i've had friends in the past who could just like walk up to someone and just talk to them and like flirt with them and i'm like what the (laughs) hell i have to be friends with someone for like two years before i even consider like showing any interest in them (laughs) but something that i feel like is kind of liberating right uh-huh. is the idea is if you don't know this person you arguably have a crush on them because of their physicality or maybe you've seen their nature and maybe mm-hmm. the way that they interact with others but you don't really know them no and that's kind of inspiring because i feel like it means you can give a bit less of a fuck of what they <laughs> think of you you know what i mean because they could be awful well there's less to lose as well it's like you know if they're not like like for example like it's kind of like we've had questions on the podcast before which is like i really love like i'm really interested in my best friend's brother and like i really want to tell him how i feel Mm. and that's a difficult situation because you know if you tell them it's like you're not going to just like never see them again Mm -hmm. because it's your best friend's brother what's your best friend going to think what's he going to think like that kind of thing yeah but this situation my the kind of vibe i'm getting is that this person isn't really in your life in like a meaningful tangible way yeah at the moment Mm -hmm. so i think you're right and i agree with you in saying that if you just go out on a limb and you just take that shot like you just shoot your shot yeah and i don't mean like go up and be like hey i love you let's go on a date Mm. you could just go up and be like you know if they're at a coffee shop or if they're in your workplace or at school you could just like start making a conversation with them Mm, absolutely and that's the thing like it's kind of empowering and also it's one of those things where like if you just like do it you will be able to do it a hundred times again if you have crushes on people. Like yeah. it's just ripping off the band-aid for the first time. <laughs> and it's much easier said than done. Oh, totally. like, don't get us wrong. Like it's, it's a daunting thing to do. Absolutely. I have a crush on a guy at this coffee shop that I don't even like the coffee shop. Right. So it's, it's an like, awful fucking coffee it's shop. It's an awful coffee shop. And like, I don't want to go there. But I want to go there. But then also I'm like, what the fuck do I even do once I'm there? Like, why would I spend my money on a bad iced cacao? He's also not a good waiter. He's also not a good waiter. I hope I don't know. I kind of don't know what you see in him, if I'm honest. (laughs) Well, at one time I had really good small talk with him and he told me he was vegan. And I was like, hook, line and sinker, baby. (laughs) That V word and I'm done. (laughs) So basically, I think what we both are agreeing on Mm. is to try and just like push out of your comfort zone and just interact yeah that's that's the best place that's all you can do to start Mm -hmm. and that's that's literally all you can do yeah like nothing's ever gonna happen if you don't interact with someone Mm -hmm. who you're interested in yeah so start there start there do you have any tips for shopping as a plus size person who still wants to wear cute clothes Hmm. and i feel this because as Someone who has been plus size slash even just like curvier in my whole life. Like even when I haven't necessarily been in the plus size range of like clothing, Mm. I've still had huge fucking boobs and like a butt. (laughs) (laughs) So it's still been difficult. So I I feel this. It's it's hard. And I especially feel the who wants to wear cute clothes thing. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately, I mean, it's getting better as time goes on. 
But unfortunately, at the moment, the options for plus-sized people Mm. are not necessarily, like, the trendy options Mm. or, like, the ones that, like, you know you desperately like oh my god i love that so much i want to i want to wear that kind Mm -hmm. of thing like Mm -hmm. if you go to the plus size section on like most websites not only is there like literally probably like 10 pages of things versus the hundreds and hundreds of pages of things for other people Mm -hmm. um it's just like you know more basic stuff or stuff that kind of i feel like the vibe is that you don't necessarily feel like they're putting heaps of effort into it right my tips Mm -hmm. i'm gonna guess that i'm taking this one for the most part (laughs) (laughs) i kind of looked at it when you read it out and i was like i don't really know what to say (laughs) i actually sometimes say to ducky like I can't fathom like you'll like buy some stuff online and you'll like show me it and it'll be like so cute and you'll be trying it on and everything and like I personally think everything looks great on you Mm. you often disagree which is offensive but I have this moment sometimes where I'm like what is it like to know you can buy something from any shop Mm. it's wild what does it feel like well, it's um, I'm sitting in my privilege, and <laughs> that it just feels totally it feels normal, normal to me. yeah. But I think that's the issue with like you know when you've got like clothing designers or like you know people who work for clothing businesses who aren't plus size, mm. they simply don't understand. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. or even even if I mean like obviously I don't know this. Is like, that's actually a good point. I thought about like who is designing these clothes and like yeah. in terms of like are they just like thin people which Mm. i'm sure a lot of them are i'm sure they are yeah but at the same time surely there are some plus size people who are designing clothes but it's like the actual fashion label that's like no we don't want plus size people wearing our clothes or Mm. like that's not like something that we can do or like you know it's just not worthwhile to make it in bigger sizes Mm. anyway getting off topic my tips Mm -hmm. so there actually is a lot of brands now that are catering to plus size fashion Mm -hmm. look they aren't there that there's obviously not as many that aren't (laughs) like yes they're still not there Mm -hmm. but there are a lot and they're mostly online brands which like i don't know if you this person like particularly vibes like shopping online i know that it can be a bit annoying especially when you are plus size because like things can like run small they can run big you never know like the consistency between the sizes and it is disheartening when you spend a lot of money on something you get it it doesn't fit and then you have to send it back like mm. that's super annoying like mm. it, it would be much easier to go into a shopping center and try on clothes and like you know just know when something looks good and like fits you and stuff yeah but unfortunately we have to work with what we have so i would <laughs> recommend just looking up you know fashion brands that cater to plus size but still in the the field of like what's on trend at the moment Mm -hmm. so i find that a label that i really like is fate Mm -hmm. um which is by britney saunders Mm -hmm. so she's an australian influencer and she has her own fashion label and i believe she goes up to a size like 24 or something like that Mm -hmm. um and she also has a swimwear label that is the same like she's very size inclusive which is amazing yeah um and i found that her clothes are like made for curvier people like in terms of like you don't buy it and feel like this is just something designed for a skinny person that they just like increase the size on does that make sense yeah so anyway like that's my personal that's a brand that i personally been really liking but i think you know if you search for instagram things or even follow influencers online who you like their fashion and their plus size Mm -hmm. that's something i've really found 
quite a empowering because because depending on who you are like and how you feel like maybe you don't feel particularly great about your body sometimes if you're following people who are only thin Mm. but also like you if someone's if you're following someone who's plus size Mm. and you like their fashion you can that most most influencers would tag who they're wearing yeah and they'll share and stuff yeah exactly and you can just like look at those look at those brands so i think those are the two things that i personally do in my life when i am looking Mm -hmm. for clothes that i like wearing feel comfortable wearing and that actually respect my body Mm -hmm. so yeah i think that's what i would say to this person great thanks honey (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) (laughs) okay so what is our general advice for girls in their early 20s Hmm. Hmm. I would say, oh God, this is such a general question. General advice. I know where I want to go. Okay, so, so you start. I have two things to say. Uh-huh. First of all, embrace being in your early 20s and have fun. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like something that I really, really love is the fact that I had a lot of fucking fun in my early 20s mm-hmm. and I stayed really, really present And I really learned to let go and enjoy the moment a lot, which I'm really, really grateful for because now I struggle to do that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in my early 20s, I'm like, yeah, I was really like having fun and living my life. And like, I feel really, really stoked with that. Mm -hmm. On the other side of the coin, uh, something that I wish that I had done that I encourage people to do is to really stay true to yourself and do what feels right for you Mm. and believe in yourself Mm -hmm. because I feel like especially in your early 20s you're going through such a transformative time in your life you know you're coming out of high school you're moving into adulthood you're really figuring out who you are in your early 20s and you know friendships and relationships are going to ebb and flow you're going to let go of people invite new people into your life and it can often be really hard with all of the outside noise to just like completely stay true to yourself and do what feels good for you and that's something that I really wish I had done more of is just stay true to myself so yeah I definitely encourage that I completely agree with both of those things I think it's also like you said like it is a transformative time like your early 20s honestly like I've not yet lived a year in my 20s that hasn't been transformative Mm -hmm. but what I would also say is yeah like be true to yourself and don't be afraid to change as you kind of discover who you are Mm. and that sounds quite cheesy but like it's true when you're in your early 20s and just in general throughout your life Mm. you will start discovering like different parts yourself or you'll start changing and you'll you know tap into certain things that you enjoy or don't enjoy you're like you know parts of your life that don't work for you anymore Mm -hmm. and I think I think one of the biggest things that I would say is don't feel the shame that's attached to changing Mm. because I think a lot of people just like I guess don't like the idea of others changing like Mm. it has this like negative connotation especially when you just said like you know if you are you know drifting away from a friendship group which is totally natural and totally valid if that's just something that happens in your life Mm. that can be something that a lot of people might not like Mm -hmm. but you have to be true to yourself and you have to embrace the fact that we change naturally as we grow Mm -hmm. and that's especially true in your early 20s when you're you know you come out of high school you're maybe maybe getting your first job or you're in uni or whatever it is like relationships and stuff like that like there are so many times where your life is just evolving Mm -hmm. in your early 20s and I think it's important for you to embrace that and go with it rather than be like oh like this is scary or like oh what are people going to think about this Mm -hmm. I would also say a big thing for me is to and this is something that I definitely 
did, and I'm really glad that I did do, Mm. is focus on friendship. Everything in life is so much better, easier, more enjoyable when Mm. you have a really solid group of friends, whether that's two friends or more, Mm. like people who you really trust, really can turn to, really connect with. Mm -hmm. Like I think that we can get older and like get into these like times in our lives where maybe we're a bit like, you know, in less situations where we would naturally meet new people and a lot of people can feel like alone Mm. or like they don't have friendships who they connect with fully. And it can be harder when you get older to meet new people. Mm -hmm. I mean, we get questions all the time. It's like, how do I make new friends? Like, I don't know how to do that. But when you're in your early 20s, I feel like it's much easier because, you know, you maybe generally you're going out more or you're meeting new people. Like I said, you're at uni or at jobs and stuff like that. If you really focus on finding your people, Mm. that's really going to follow you through the rest of your 20s and also when you meet people who you connect with and you focus on friendships you learn more about yourself Mm -hmm. and that's really powerful yeah okay so our next question is i've never kissed a guy only girls what can i expect what do you think is different so i've never kissed a girl Mm. who knows what the future might hold (laughs) (laughs) um so this is i'm i guess i'm the opposite to this mm-hmm. and I can only really sit here in my like heteronormative experiences and be like what is it like kissing a man <laughs> I mean I've had some frightful kisses in my life <laughs> so I don't know but you've you've had a couple of um performative kisses haven't you <laughs> performative girl on girl kiss, kisses in your life <laughs> yeah when I was young <laughs> when I was young and having fun do you feel like that counts I don't know I haven't like. <laughs> Were you like attracted to the people? No, no, you were just doing it to like. It was just I was just drunk and it yeah. was fun. Okay, all like, right, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. I feel like it's the the idea, like the phenomena of like young girls partying and kissing their friends is so interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> because it's like sometimes like what I was doing. <laughs> like, like I'm obviously I don't have an issue with girls kissing girls or whatever, but like I feel like I know a lot of people who did it to like impress guys and stuff uh, like that. I think honestly, I don't think that was the case for me. I think it was just like having fun and just like being drunk and whatever. Like I mean, that's fair enough. Yeah. If it's fun, it's fun. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what do, what can you expect from kissing a man? Um, um <laughs> I think I think let's start with don't expect much. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, the thing is that like honestly there's not really a whole heap of difference. I think that's the main thing. I think that when you are like kissing someone in general, it's different from person to person. It's about the person, not about the gender. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like that's just a fact. So even though it may feel like quite intimidating, the idea of doing that and it may feel new, like it's one of those things that once you start doing it, it's actually going to feel like totally normal. It's even like when yeah. you first kiss a new person for the first time and you're like, what even is this experience going to be? But then you start doing it and it's like, I feel like I've done this like so many times before. It's like, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I think that it also really depends on... I guess how attracted you are to the person because you know how like if you have a kiss with someone who's like you're super into super mm-hmm. attracted to like who turns you on a lot it's like gonna be much better pretty much all the time mm-hmm. than if you're just kind of like um, 
maybe I'll kiss this person now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I've been on both sides of the equation and I'm telling you, like, the ones that – like, I've never had a kiss where I'm, like, only half into it that's, like, impressed me. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, yeah, about – just about the person. Like, what type of person they are. Are they – sensual are they more like reserved like that kind of thing like Mm. neither of the like just because someone's like more reserved or maybe not as like overtly like sexual or something like that doesn't mean they're going to be a bad kisser it just means i think the style is going to be a bit different the experience is going to be different totally so yeah i i think you should just go for it if you want to kiss a guy just start and see see what happens yeah 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 okay so i'm 24 and i have never had sex does it mean something no. No. It just means you've chosen not to have sex. and Yeah. That's cool. Exactly. Yeah. I was – I mentioned this before on the podcast. I think I had sex for the first time when I was 22. I definitely understand this feeling of, uh, like, am I am I weird? Like, is something wrong with me? And like, I had this kind of – that thought, like, kind of in the back of my head as I got a bit older. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't slept with anyone yet. But at the end of the day, having sex or not having sex does not mean anything about who you are or your worth or, you know, whether you're attractive, whether you're not attractive, that that kind of thing. Mm. Like it it really has no bearing on anything. It just means that you haven't found someone who you want to or feel comfortable having sex with or like the opportunity hasn't come up yet. Mm. Like there's a million different reasons and it has nothing to do with – it doesn't mean anything really oh absolutely not i think the only time it means something is if you're finding that you're holding yourself back because you're like scared or insecure or like you know a bit nervous which i completely relate to as well Mm -hmm. um but i think instead of thinking like what does it mean like from an outsider's perspective about me maybe just think like you know what does it mean for me Mm -hmm. that i haven't slept with someone like if you really have wanted to in the past but but you've been holding yourself back for a reason maybe Mm -hmm. just like think about that maybe look into that and like think about ways that you can express yourself in a healthy way yeah and yeah do the things that you want to do sexually Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean anything about you oh no absolutely not and i think that if you are feeling this kind of weight it's good to remind yourself that it is completely a societal thing and it's also like who you surround yourself with not to say that the people surrounding you are making you feel this way, but there's potential that you could be comparing yourself or, you know, not opening up about how this actually makes you feel to the people around you. Mm-hmm. I know when I was in high school, like I was one of the last people in my friendship group to have sex. Mm-hmm. And I definitely felt this like pressure to do so in order to keep up with my friends. And it's not like they were, you know, really trying to make me feel that way but it was just like a societal thing and like in a group of friends that's how it was so perhaps this is something to also talk to your friends about and you know express that it's something maybe you do feel insecure about and they can you know help you can help them better understand you yeah i completely agree and i also think that there is a lot of pressure particularly for young girls we don't know what this person identifies as but Particularly for young girls, there's a lot of pressure to have sex and then also a lot of like taboo around having sex. Mm. And I think for guys, there's also a lot of pressure to do it because it means like, you know, it can mean something for their masculinity apparently Mm. if they don't, which obviously also isn't true. So no matter who you are, you do it in your own time. Mm -hmm. And that's that. That's that. Okay. So our next question is, how do you spot red flags on the first few dates? Ducky is looking like, I don't fucking know. 
What, what's going through your head right now? You're I'm like, just, I need the answer to this question. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about, I think I'm, I'm relatively good at spotting red flags now. I'm just not good at like acknowledging red flags. You know, how yeah, there's like a it, difference? Yeah. Yeah. Like, here's what I think. Yeah. 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 Look, we don't need to get into me. How can we help this person? <laughs> well, I think what you just said is really important. Like, I think that you need to really be honest with yourself and acknowledge when something might not sit exactly the way it should with you Mm -hmm. or whether something's like a little bit off about someone. And also thinking about the fact that just because someone has like, you're like, oh, this could be a red flag. Like obviously like if they're being like blatantly racist or homophobic on the first date or like they're completely awful and sexist and they're that's obviously a red flag. You might just want to fucking be like, no, thank you. Go yeah. away. But like, there are like, I don't know, like orange, amber flags. Oh, there are definitely, there are definitely orange flags. Yeah. Like yeah. orange flags where it's like, could be red. Could just be something that like, isn't a deal breaker. Mm-hmm. And like, or like, it could be something I just need to get to know this person more about to actually understand whether this is, you know, a red flag or not, mm. or if, cause, cause you really can't, especially on a first date, you really can't super get to know someone that well, obviously in the first couple of dates, like you're still really getting a feel of like who they are. Mm. So I think it's also important to remember that like you can acknowledge something that might not be for you or might not be right about someone, mm-hmm. but still go forward and get to know them a bit more, but make sure you keep that in your mind. Like don't, end up ignoring it <laughs> yes absolutely if it does turn into a red flag yeah i feel like you should i feel like you should add something what are you thinking about <laughs> what did this just say what's in your head right now here's the thing i'm like a big believer in like intuition and i think that your intuition knows when something is a bit of a red flag and like Hara said it's kind of your choice whether you choose to acknowledge it or not and so like for me personally there's some things that are like major red flags and there's some things that are just kind of like you know we can see if this is something that's going to be a red flag moving forward Mm. and definitely in the past I've like you know known something was a red flag (laughs) just like (laughs) just like kept going with it um kept going with it (laughs) wait my favorite thing obviously we're not going to get into it my favorite thing was when ducky like she she stopped seeing someone and then she told me something that was like a red Red fucking flag. flag and i was like when did you learn this and it was like a couple like, of weeks before they before they ended. And by the way, not to call you out, but he ended it. <laughs> you didn't. So it wasn't like you were like, it wasn't like you were like, this isn't right for me. <laughs> but I knew in the moment, I knew as soon as he told me that, I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that's the thing. But this is actually a good point. I think an important thing is that if you have friends or someone in your life who's like opinion and who knows you, who, who, whose opinion means a lot to you and who knows you well, be honest with them about your thoughts and these potential red flags. Because you weren't honest with me because you knew what I, you knew that I'd fucking say, I don't think that's quite right. And you knew I'd hold you to it. And you didn't want me to because you wanted to keep going with this guy. I'm so glad it didn't work out. I'm, Jesus I'm fucking glad too. <laughs> Ew, I wish I could say what it was. It's frightful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also like, 
something that like we frequently talk about and like I just can't fathom you dating someone who who did that like it's that's what was so jarring to me I was like you continue dating him and you knew this (laughs) I want everyone to like maybe we can put up like a little question box and say what does everyone think the red flag was in this situation we'll do that on our Instagram Mm -hmm. okay so moving on to how do you fix your own toxic traits Say it with me. One, two, three. Communicate. (laughs) What would we communicate about in this situation? I was confused where you were going. No, therapy. Yes, yes. (laughs) Look, here's the thing. I think that knowing you have toxic traits is the starting point. Toxic trait acceptance is the first step yes yesterday I was yesterday I was telling Cara and our friend Bray about how I kind of can be not great in a relationship the word you used was a bitch a bitch (laughs) in the past in the past I acknowledge if my first ex-boyfriend is listening to this I acknowledge I was a bitch okay (laughs) I know that now and so I know my toxic trait going into a new romantic relationship for example would be that I could potentially be a bit of a bitch. But wait, can I just say, like, I don't think being a bitch is a toxic trait. I think it's what's beneath that. And what you said yesterday was that you don't like not getting your way. That is a toxic trait. Yeah, well, I don't like not getting my way. So that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a toxic trait. (laughs) Not you being a bitch. Why is this episode just calling me out? (laughs) Like, this isn't what it's supposed to be. It's not my fault that I'm perfect and I have no flaws. (laughs) Yeah, what's your toxic trait, Cara Aridi? Um... I'm toxic to myself by self-sabotaging. Okay. Great. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Let's talk about that. <laughs> We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. We don't need to talk about that anymore. So look, first part of to- fixing your toxic traits, toxic trait acceptance. Mm-hmm. Kind of like hot, hot girl, girl acceptance, acceptance, but different. If you listen to our last week episode. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like I said, like I said and not Ducky, therapy. I mm-hmm. think is really important for this. Mm-hmm. Or just in general, like, you know, if maybe if therapy is like something that you're not at a point in your life where you want to go to, or maybe you can't afford it, like depending on where you live in the world and everything. Therapy is great. And I would say it's something that everyone in the world should do. But if you can't do that, you I would really recommend like sitting down and like figuring out like why you do things as much as you can. Mm-hmm. Because like we kind of just mentioned with Ducky, it's like, you know, figuring out like what the toxic trait is and like why and like you know the rational kind of thought around it like Mm. i'm really sorry to bring you up again but i just want to use you as an an example but like you not liking to get your way is not rational you know that oh yeah i know that and that's why you know going into future relationships like if you were like mad about not getting your way you would i'd assume you would try not take that out on someone else like you might have in the past Mm -hmm. You don't look convinced. <laughs> it's been a long time since I was in a relationship. So. Anyway, so I think like, you know, just really, I, like you said, like being aware of it is so important mm. because a lot of people who have complete toxic parts of their personalities are so deeply unaware and that's half the problems because you can't get better or fix something when you are not aware of something that you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's just really about understanding yourself and being aware of it in like your everyday interactions mm-hmm. and being like, how can I stop doing this to someone else or to myself? Yeah. Okay. This next one is very interesting. Mm. 
Is it okay for women to only be attracted to taller men? Well, I think it's okay for people in general to only be attracted to people they're attracted to. Yes. Yes. I personally don't think that height or physicality defines attraction. That's just my personal opinion. I personally love a short king. I also love a short king. Yeah. I'm quite short myself, so I kind of have no room to judge. <laughs> you know, no, you don't. Personally, I'm slightly above average in height. Which you love, love to point out <laughs> at any chance you possibly could get. But I definitely have dated men shorter than me. Mm. And it's whatever. Yeah, well, whatever. Whatever. I do, I do feel like the more that I've been on like dating apps and stuff – it does seem like men have this thing about their height. Like it must be something that they can get quite insecure about. I definitely think it is. I think that because there are quite a lot of people out there who only want to date men taller than them. Which I don't, I mean, maybe it's because I'm short and almost everyone is taller than me. (laughs) But I don't quite understand like what the thing, I kind of get it maybe if like you're, like in terms of like get the the reasoning or the emotional like want for someone taller than you if you're quite tall. Mm-hmm. I personally just don't understand. But like you said, like it's whoever you're attracted to. That's totally fine. It's okay for you to be attracted to who you're attracted to. That's just what it is. Mm-hmm. Just because you've only been attracted to taller men this whole time doesn't mean that you're not going to meet a short king and fall madly in love yeah. with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's important to keep that in mind, like completely honor and be okay with who you're attracted to. If that's all happens to be tall men, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like don't count someone out because they're not tall. Yeah. If you really like them. Yeah. Or if you find that an attraction's there. Mm -hmm. That's all you can really do. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in a major quarter life crisis career wise. Any advice? I love some advice. You want some advice? Yeah, on this exact thing. Oh, okay. Here's here's my advice from someone who um, absolutely does not have it figured out in any capacity, (laughs) is that I think that we're never really going to have it figured out, and that's the secret. And, like, career is such an interesting thing because I think, like, you know, when you're young, it's like, what do you want to be when you grow up, Mm -hmm. right? We're expected to have, like, this one defining thing that we want to do, Mm -hmm. whereas we are constantly evolving over our life. Like, what I'm doing with my work right now, I never would have imagined I was doing 10 years ago, and probably same for you. And that's just, like, something that's going to continue to evolve, like, in another 10 years, we're probably going to look back and be like, wow, I can't believe that that's what I was doing and this is what I'm doing now. Yeah, completely. I even had this thought the other day about, you know, when we're making our merch for the podcast and we're really trying to get that going and we have a lot of ideas about making it, you know, a business that's Mm. going to be quite present in our lives in terms of our career and our, like, financial goals and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I was thinking the other day, I was like, I literally have never thought that I would – have a business like this in my life oh no like it was never something you know a lot of people are like i want to be a business owner i want to make a business that was never something where i was like i think i want to make products yeah it just naturally kind of happened like we started the podcast and this was actually relatively in my comfort zone because i studied journalism and i've had like radio kind of shows in the past and Mm. i've worked in radio but 
the business side of things was different. And it's like, I think just going with the flow and like doing things as you were interested in them and figuring out what you like and don't like, because Mm. at the end of the day, like I know career is super daunting and it feels like you have to pick one thing and stick to it. Or like if you make a business, you can't just like, you know, stop doing it five years down the road if you don't like it. But Mm -hmm. the truth is that you can. Oh yeah. Like obviously there comes with like, there comes financial like investment and stuff like that in some career paths and that's something to consider like you know if you're going to invest in something financially you probably have to give it some time to come to fruition and stuff like that Mm -hmm. but I think understanding that people change and your interests change and you kind of just need to like trial and error things totally and I think that's actually really powerful and what you just said before about realizing that no one really has it figured out Mm. and I completely agree with that the older I get I'm like no one has it fucking figured out so you need to stop I guess this train of thought that's like I need to have it figured out and like I need to that's the end goal I think the Mm. end goal needs to be working in a job or a career that you love for as long as you love it Mm -hmm. and then if you don't love it anymore figuring out what you can do to change it like it might not be changing careers. It might be trying to change a position in a company mm-hmm. or it might be trying to like pivot in terms of if you own your own business and like wanting to do something else, or it could be completely changing industries. Mm. Like I think that it's just honoring how you change and going with the flow. Yeah. I completely agree with you. Thanks. No worries. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So our next question is my ex dumped me three months ago via WhatsApp horrifying fucking frightful that's not part of the message but fucking frightful Mm -hmm. now that i'm okay he has come back (laughs) once again not part of the message but fucking typical (laughs) i told him that after three months there's nothing i want to talk about we love that for you but i do deeply miss him Mm -hmm. so there's no actual question in this question and yet i think we both would have a lot to say Absolutely. Do you want to start? Here's the thing. (laughs) I completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that the important thing to know is that this is a very, very normal and rational response. And honestly, you've done a lot more than most people would do in this situation. Like, I'm going to call myself out and say that if this happened to me with my ex, I, I would have gone running back. And you... You really should feel powerful in the fact that you've said there's mm. nothing I want to talk about. And three months is not that long. Like, I I really think that, yeah, first of all, you should be very proud of yourself. Yeah. Three months is not that long. And it it would be very easy and very enticing to mm-hmm. just start talking again. Yeah. And, you know, make things back the way they were I guess the easy option would be to go back to them yeah exactly yeah so I think let's start there let's start with some acknowledgement we're not going to clap because microphones and that would be not good for your ears but I'm clapping on the inside for you I'm clapping on the inside and I want you if you're listening right now to have a moment of gratitude for yourself for putting yourself first yes and I also just want to say if anyone else who's not this person if you've been in a situation where you have gone back no shame no I've done it. I've done it. I've done it multiple, multiple times. Same. No shame. No shame. I just think for this person that it's also important to acknowledge that you 
it's okay to deeply miss someone. Totally. And also say no. Mm. In fact, it's actually very powerful to sit in both of those feelings. Mm-hmm. And it's, it can be very, very confronting. Like, yeah, it totally can be confronting this feeling of knowing that you could have this instant, I guess, gratification and instant, you know, feel good by going back to this person mm-hmm. and talking to them and, you know, entertaining whatever they have to say. However, you're choosing the long-term happiness by prioritizing yourself. And that's a really, really difficult thing to do. It's really hard to balance both of those feelings. Yeah, you're honoring yourself. You're honoring your future self by saying, I have nothing to talk about. Mm -hmm. I do not want to be with you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that needs to be acknowledged and you need to give yourself credit for. And you need to ride out this period of really missing him Mm -hmm. because that will fade that will, you know, not be as present for you in time. Mm-hmm. And I think, obviously, we don't know the, de- the details, but we do know he fucking dumped you via WhatsApp. That says everything. Frightful. That says everything. Mm-hmm. Can you think of any fucking... I don't want to drag this person's relationship if she's feeling quite mm. fragile about it, mm. but I can't really think of any excuse to dump someone via WhatsApp message. There's no excuse. The fact that this person even mentioned that it's via WhatsApp, I think, is showing that it doesn't sit right with Mm -hmm. them. Without knowing the details of the relationship, I think that you're going to be much happier in the long run, that you are just letting it go, Mm -hmm. getting over these feelings of missing them and, you know, maybe potentially wanting them back a little bit because in the future you're going to be much happier and better off, it Mm -hmm. sounds like. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do I feel okay being on my own? I think this is a big one Mm. for a lot of people mm-hmm. and it's hard to kind of like answer it in like a, in a really helpful way because I feel like the feelings of like loneliness or feeling like you need to be in a relationship or you need to be dating can be so so present and so powerful sometimes mm-hmm. that it's almost like nothing anyone says can help mm-hmm. have you felt like that before I definitely have felt this way before because I'm a relatively like, I don't know, I feel so weird about it because sometimes I'm like, I love spending time with myself and other times I'm like (laughs) so fearful about being alone forever. Mm -hmm. But the idea of being alone forever, like, I mean, I read this question in the way of like being on my own, like in a romantic sense. Yes, that's how I read it too. Yeah. And, you know, I think we've been taught to fear being on our own, like in terms of like thinking that not having a romantic partner means that we're on our own Mm -hmm. when in reality like you're not you're not you're surrounded by people you're surrounded by love you're surrounded by so many wonderful additions to your life but we're taught that the absence of a romantic relationship means our life is lacking and also i think sorry to cut you off but i also think that it's important to not feel like being on your own is a bad thing. I think we've both, both of us and a lot of our friends, what we've kind of really been talking about recently is that it's such a powerful, I think I've used the word powerful in the past four questions, but it is, it's a powerful experience to be single, if we're talking about a romantic sense, and just learning about who you are and what you like, what you want, Mm -hmm. and just kind of enjoying your own company. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. 
And in fact, I actually think it's really fucking important to have a phase in your life where that is your reality. Yeah. I think it's super important for self-development. I think it really makes you feel okay being on your own. It makes you realize how much you can handle, how a romantic relationship doesn't define you. I think that there are many, you know, benefits to spending some time by yourself Mm -hmm. and like really being without a romantic relationship. And honestly, it creates so much space and time for (laughs) other things. It's quite beautiful. That's what I was going to say is like, you know, how to be okay. If this person's asking how to be okay with being on their own, like find things that you love doing. Mm. Like it doesn't have to be things that you love doing by yourself. It could be, it could Mm. be things like reading, watching TV shows, going for walks, like whatever it is, Mm. but it could also be finding hobbies or passions that involve other people Mm -hmm. that maybe you have never really considered before, or maybe you haven't really tapped into before. Totally. And those are going to enrich your life in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Okay. So our next question is how do I accept that he's never going to love me back or want me in the same way? Oi, I feel this in my soul. Oi, me too. (laughs) I wish I had someone telling me, I wish someone could like sat me down when I was like 24 and was like, here's the answer to this. Mm -hmm. And I wish that I like actually believed it. Do you have any immediate thoughts on this question? (laughs) It's quite triggering, isn't it? I feel a bit triggered. I feel so deeply triggered. Do you want me to start? You can start. Okay. Yeah. All right. For me in the past... One of the most beneficial things is surrendering to this idea that as much, no matter what you do to try and be in someone's life or no matter how much you feel you love them Mm. or no matter even how like, you know, how much they how they treat you and like, you know, in certain ways, like if they're doing things that show that they're interested, if it's not enough for you in that moment and they're continuously not able to give you what you need, Mm. surrendering to that idea that like they, they maybe just don't have the capacity to give you the love that you need Mm. because at the end of the day, we don't want to settle for love that isn't fulfilling us. Mm -hmm. And this question screams to me that, whoever they're talking about just simply doesn't have the ability to give them what they need. Mm -hmm. I think it's also like kind of good to look at it. I'm thinking about that Olivia Rodrigo song enough for you Mm. where, you know, she's talking the whole song about how she feels like she's not enough for them. Mm. But then at the end she turns it around and basically is like, well, actually you're not enough for me. And like, I want it to be enough for you, but you're not enough for me. And I think that's, kind of important to think about that way you know in the way we talk about when you go on a first date it's all about how you feel about them not about how, how they feel about you yeah and in this same situation it's almost like you can take that control back and take that power back and go okay you know for example this question reads like i feel so defeated that he doesn't love hmm. me the way that i want him to love me and all of these things but you can almost flip it in your head and go Actually, I feel empowered in the fact that I know that the way that he loves me and the way that he wants me is not enough. It's not enough. For me. Yeah. And isn't as much as I want someone to love me. Yes. And I think that it's I kind of, I guess kind of similar to the last question about sitting with both feelings. Mm. Like, I really love this person. I really want to be with them. But... They are not enough for me. Yes. And choosing the side that is 
honoring yourself and honoring your future self and like your your needs when it comes to a romantic relationship mm-hmm. and feeling both things but not letting that I guess that need to be with this person overpower yes. the situation. Mm-hmm. It is hard though. Like we just said, we've both been in this situation yeah. many times. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's very hard to work through those feelings of acceptance of, you know, someone not wanting you, especially when perhaps you see so much potential or they're giving you like tiny little bits that could indicate they may want you. It's really hard to like, you know, take a step back and put yourself first, but it's something that's definitely very empowering. And a reminder that when you do that, you create space for someone to walk into your life who is Mm. going to love you back and want you in the way that you deserve and that you want. Couldn't agree more. Mm. Okay, so what methods of birth control have you tried and what works for you? For me personally, I've only used condoms. Right. Love that. What about you? I have used condoms and I was on the pill back Why in the day. Are you? Yeah, but like before I was even having sex, to be honest. Oh. Okay. Like when I was a teenager. Oh, was it for like... Oh, your mom, was your mum a bit concerned? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> I don't know if mum's listening. She can tell me <laughs> if she was concerned. But, yeah, I think I was on the pill for maybe, like, two years maximum. Mm. And I never used it as a method of actual birth control because I didn't have sex since I was with my first mm. boyfriend. So I, yeah, that's all I have tried. That's mm. personally what works for me with my you know I don't have any like health conditions relating Mm. to my reproductive system and I have never had any issues with just using condoms Mm. and I personally don't feel like I have a need for like the pill or anything else like going into my body to assist me with that but that's just personally where I'm at yeah I think that it's something that you definitely need to consider on like a personal basis like with your doctor like a doctor that you trust to really understand your reproductive Mm -hmm. needs and stuff like that yeah um and also what you're comfortable with because you know I know a lot of people who feel and a lot of women who feel like they need to go on the pill for example and there's nothing wrong with the pill like if you want to go on the pill mm-hmm. like that's completely your personal choice doesn't matter what anyone says I know there's a lot of rhetoric around like the pill being bad and mm. stuff like that at the moment which obviously it does have a lot of uh like I guess like difficult side effects and stuff like mm-hmm. that but if it's something that's right for you it's right for you and the yeah. same goes with any other of the myriad of birth control things that are available for women yeah but i think that being comfortable with what you're doing like don't do it out of pressure from your relationship or don't do it out of because you think that you need to Mm. figure out what works for you yeah i completely agree and definitely talk to your doctor talk Mm. to them about like what your sex life is like like you know how many people you're having sex with what your goals are and things like that yeah they'll be able to help you figure out what's best for you for sure yeah okay so our last question for this episode is how do i feel like a capable adult or are we all just pretending we're all just we're all just pretending (laughs) that's that's the answer to this question yeah okay we're off now guys bye (laughs) Look, the thing is, I mean, we touched on this earlier in this episode regardless, but like the thing is that like some weeks, Cara and I, I think I can speak for the both of us, will feel like capable adults and we'll be like, wow, have my shit together, work-life balance, seeing my friends, having a great time, replying mm-hmm. to people on horrifying dating apps and feeling <laughs> feeling like I have it all together, yeah. have done my laundry, have cleaned the kitty litter. Yeah. And then some weeks. Some weeks like this last week that Cara and I had. <laughs> We sit on the couch. Neither of us have done our washing. No. 
the apartment is a frightful mess. Here's the thing. Ducky and I don't like living in an unclean, messy apartment. No. Well, it, look, it wasn't unclean. It was mostly just messy. Yeah. And yet the past couple of weeks has been a fucking shit show in this apartment. Yeah. And we would just look at each other and be like, mm. we need to clean this apartment. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and it doesn't feel like we have it together. And the same thing goes for like, sometimes we just look at each other and we're like, can you believe that we just live in this place? Like we are just responsible for paying like to live in this place and we have to pay for our bills and we have to, why do we get to drive cars? And like, who allowed us to do this? Are we not two years old? Honestly. (laughs) I'm like, I can't believe that I like get paid to do things as well. Oh my God. So random. What do you mean? Someone, I go to my job and someone trusts me to do something i can't believe it i can't believe that i like have two cats that i keep alive that's the biggest that's what the, the fuck moment like for me, what the fuck frequently i managed to keep myself alive but also two living beings <laughs> strange strange very strange and one of them desperately couldn't keep himself alive if he really wanted to no like i think eva may slightly struggle in the wild but tiger would definitely struggle in the wild <laughs> tiger would just not simply last wouldn't a day. Go, would not <laughs> last oh, a day poor little baba. <laughs> <laughs> anyway i think what you can take away from this question is that everyone is just pretending but i think adulthood is a myth i agree <laughs> I don't think that anyone ever has it together and that's the point. And so we should just really just try and embrace it yeah. and live our best lives and just do the best that we can. And realize that being human is about sometimes having your shit together, sometimes not, and just embracing all the times in between. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Whatever. That's my, that's my... <laughs> I feel like I need to have that as my new motto for life. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, guys, I think that brings us to the end of this episode. I really hope you guys liked it. I mean, this is something we haven't done before, but Mm. I really enjoyed it. Did you enjoy recording? I enjoyed. Thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) And thank you to everyone who sent in questions for us on Instagram. As always, you can find us on Instagram at tbh.pod. That's where you can interact with us after every episode when we might ask you some questions like, what do you have to be honest about? And what do you believe the red flag was in Ducky's last relationship? (laughs) Um, But in addition to that, we always ask for unprofessional opinion questions and also for questions for episodes like this. Yeah. So make sure you follow us there. Yeah. You can also find my beautiful co-host Kara on Instagram at Kara Reedy. You can find me on Instagram at Amanda Ducks. We would love if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, if you could rate and review and subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, we'd love if you could follow us on there as well. Thanks so much for being here. We hope you have a really, really amazing weekend and we look forward to being in your ears next Friday morning. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.